everybody. Welcome to episode 88 of the District 3 podcast. Mi nombre es Irving, uh, live from the historic Springdale Civic Center. Um, like I said, this is episode 88, and uh, looks like I might be doing this episode by myself. Manny's not here today. He's got some business he has to take care of, but we're here, we're live, and uh, we're talking to the community. So we will have a guest who will be stopping by within the next few minutes. But for the meantime, I kind of just want to talk to you a little bit about things that are happening in my world at the moment. Um, one of the things that I didn't talk about uh, our last show was that I got the first dose of the vaccine. I got the Moderna uh, first dose. Hope I said that right. Um, and uh, didn't experience too much side effects. I did have a sore arm. Um, and I think, I think one of the things that I can say is that I did feel uh, like my blood was within my body do a little bit of like some weird things within my body. But um, I think it's just part of, of the protection being created inside my body to protect me from um, getting harsh side effects in the future if I would for some reason catch COVID. Um, but I have my appointment on April 15th um, for the next dose which should be exciting. Um, and I think that def that definitely is something that a lot of people are concerned about, uh, but they shouldn't be. I was okay, I'll be okay after the second, after the second dose, so we'll be good. So you don't have to be worried about me. But at the same time, one of the cool, one of the cool things that I did wanna talk about was that this upcoming April 10th, there will be a new uh, wrestling promotion starting here locally. I'm one of the partners of the organization. It's called ICW. Um, it's meant to, to be um, for all communities. Um, one of the things that we're trying to do specifically is uh, create entertainment for the Latino community here in Springdale. So please come out and support. We're going to be there from uh, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. That's when the event actually starts. I mean, it starts at it starts at 8 p.m., but 6 p.m. is when the doors open. Uh, but 8 p.m. is bell time. Come, get entertained with your family. It'll be a it'll be a really good time. Um, but yeah, that'll be on April 10th, and uh, we're gonna take a quick music break. Our guest just got here, or our uh, guest co-host for this week. So we're gonna take a quick music break, and we'll be right back. I wanted to show you something. A song that I've I've been listening to a lot. It's really chill. It's one of those things. It's one of those songs that people consider like, you know, like chill music on YouTube. Whenever you Google chill mix or anything to help you study or just relax. So this is Elderbrook. The song is called Numb, and this is the chill mix. We'll be right back after this quick break. Oh, that's just how it goes. Rising, rising up. Right until we fall Oh, reaching in the dark Nothing's at a time I wish I could love Oh, that's just how it Oh, reaching in the dark 
Once again, that was Numb the Chill Mix by Elderbrook. Got it straight off YouTube, so go check it out. They're also on Spotify. Amazing music. Um, our guest today, I've actually known for quite a few years, and I think this is like his third time on the podcast. So he's he's joined that elite group of people that have been on the podcast three times. Samuel Lopez, thank you, you for joining us, Samuel. I'm three-peating like Michael Jordan out here, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I hey. appreciate you. Thank you, Urban, for having me. District 3 Podcast, always. Uh, Springdale representing Northwest Arkansas. How y'all doing? Hope y'all had a beautiful Easter. Hope y'all weekend is doing great. I'm just here to, you know, just to vibe. Hey, so um, you've been busy. Uh, I know that you, because uh, I, I can tell by your Instagram, you've just been doing a lot of things. Um, I don't think, did we ever talk about the time that we kind of met each other? Uh, I think we kind of connected. I forgot if it was before or after the Peace Walk that we did here in Springdale uh, back in 2015. Um, but I remember... I, I think I met, I might have met you at the Peace Walk. I remember you coming up, you had this gray suit on, your hair was, your hair was cut short. Yeah. And uh, you were a nice dude, and then I think I checked out your Instagram afterwards, and the Instagram said, future governor, Samuel <laughs> oh, yeah. Lopez. Oh, yeah. And I was like, hey, hey, this is cool, this is someone I need to connect with, you know, because uh, at that time I was about to, or if, I think I was about to, or I was getting close to running for office, um, and people were asking me to run. And um, and I was like, there wasn't a lot of like-minded individuals within our community um, that had the same kind of goals and the same type of ideas and simply just wanted to help out people. So I remember from that point forward, we just started connecting and we see each other pretty much at like almost every community yeah, event. Yeah. It's like you either show up first or I show up first, but, but I feel like we're always there, right? Right. And... Um, so how have you, since that time, you've obviously evolved, you know, your mind has evolved, your hair has evolved because now you have, <laughs> like, I see you have braids right now. Um, what are, what do you, what do you see in yourself that, that like has, has grown since that time that we, that we met? 
uh, my maturity as a human being. I think uh, time, my wisdom, uh, mistakes, learning opportunities, definitely uh, hardships, but at the same time, a lot of triumph, success, a lot of trials and tribulations that kind of broaden my scope, like you're saying, kind of widen my views, and at the same time, allow me to make more friends and more more partners in my community, which I, which I love. Um, since you know, having that short hair and wearing the jacket and always kind of having this clean act or like, not even an act, that's just who I was at that moment because the the idea was to be the future governor. And mm -hmm. before it was the governor, it was like, I want to be this, the, the uh, what's Tom Cotton? The Senate? The Senator. Right, yeah, I want to be the Senator. Mm -hmm. And I remember the funny part about that was when I gave a speech at the talent show and and that was 2015, people were shouting president, people were saying all these things and it mm -hmm. felt great. but. Like that was the most emotionally cathartic moment, and I think my my uh, my experience in high school, to where when I got off that stage, I actually went to the principal's office, and I remember Asa Hutchinson was in the building, mm. and they I shook Asa's hand and I told him I'm gonna be the future governor of Arkansas, and that's that's what people don't know is Asa's from here, like Asa's from Springdale, Springdale. Yeah. graduated from Springdale right, High School, right? And so in my mind, I'm like, man. Like, it could come full circle for me. Like, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm this close to this, but I'm also kind of, like, aspiring to be something nobody that looks like me has been mm -hmm. yet. And I, and I say yet because I hope I'm not the first. If I'm not the first one, I hope somebody is the first one and, and keeps continuing that legacy. Mm -hmm. um, but that started because I've always been this kind of person that kind of brought people together. Like, I remember I was in high school, I did the Brain Trust. Uh, right out of high school, I did Stitches. Uh, the Latinx Theater Project, help with the station. Like, for me, it was not just being involved, but figuring out how you build a foundation for other kids to, to have that opportunity to get on. And what I mean by get on is have a platform to speak on on what they believe in their experiences. Because, oftentimes, that's the that's the hardest part about being brown or black in in America is having to validate your your existence. With do you think that that kind of is like in a way parallel to you talk you're talking about the whole like being clean cut having a suit jacket uh was do you think at that time you were more about like showing people that you were either good enough or that you were like because i right. I've, I've experienced that yeah, yeah. you know specifically when i ran for office yeah. like i can't just go around in any kind of clothes because i have to work twice as hard Right. than a Caucasian individual has to, right? Because it's like you're already seen somewhat as a threat if you're brown and you're like in the political field. So it's like the least you can do sometimes is like put a suit jacket or a dress shirt right. so that you don't... And it, it sucks that, yeah, yeah. that we had to think that way. And I've, I've evolved. Like, to be honest, now I really don't care, right? right? But back then, whenever I was like on my own doing this, I was like, man, like I have to... And then I still had... I st Even though I tried, I still had criticism but within people in our community that were like, why is he wearing that clothes? Why is he wearing that suit jacket? Does he not notice that that suit jacket is a little bit dirty? And I'm like, yo, give me a break. I'm trying, right. you know? How do you feel about that? How do I feel about that the same way I feel about, um, I, I just don't know what it is about people sometimes that makes us kind of like think about the appearance before we think about the substance and things and that, that sometimes bothers me because I was I was that kid who like who of all all high school I had short hair 
or like in my senior year, I started dressing in that suit jacket. I started trying to appeal because they told me dress for the job you want to have. Now, if I looked at all the senators, everybody's wearing a suit. Ain't nobody wearing anything other than a suit. Who told you that, though? That, my business teacher at that moment. Mm. Which, not to blame her, because I'm not blaming her. She, yeah. she has the idea in mind that you do manifest what you, what you look like. But I'm also trying to change that. And that's why, like, so much of what I do happens to be rooted in the ground. Like, really going door to door, visiting people that, that are like-minded. And, like, the majority of Stitches were people that went to high school with were all people, like, from different backgrounds, from different, mm-hmm. um, just, I, the ideas were so different. And so, little by little, I started to be, to realize, like, it's not as much me trying to be this, this manifestation of, of, of politics or, like, why can't that just be me and people be happy for me mm-hmm. and be acceptable? Yeah. Now, and why can't I grow out my hair? Why can't I be this? Why can't I do that? And it's more like you just got a challenge. Mm-hmm. Perception is like, man, it can it can be really damaging to uh, to the person trying to uh, like like show an image. Like for example, me going back to the whole running for office thing, uh, I had to they don't have like a fresh cut and like be dressed nicely and and like I would even think deeply about how I would walk into a room or approach people and once I finished once the whole race was over I still took that with me like I still even and I, I talked to my therapist um, and it's been a while since I've since I've talked to my therapist so I need to make an appointment soon but the last time I talked to my therapist I did talk about that because I still have that where uh, there is times where I take myself too seriously but that roots from literally nonstop for months and months and months, having to take yourself seriously so that other people can take you seriously. And that's within like the people that either are voting for you or you're working with. And that sucks, you know, because I, I wish that, that people would be uh, less judgmental and would take the time to listen to people and understand where they're coming from. But at the same time, you know, know that it doesn't matter what you wear uh, you're still a valuable person, right? That's that's something that Absolutely. that uh, I think it's important to, to discuss. But right now, you're involved with an organization. I believe the name is Cash. What does it stand for? Stands for Creative Arkansas Community Hub and Exchange. And what are y'all doing there? I know that y'all have some some good people working with the organization. Shout out Simone, right? Um, and anybody else? Uh, well, actually, not anybody else. <laughs> but any any uh, can you can you give us any details on as to uh, some of the work that y'all are doing there? Absolutely. So uh, at the Creative Arkansas Hub, Creative Arkansas Community Hub and Exchange, the idea is to have a hub where people from Arkansas, mainly Northwest Arkansas at the moment, starting with Springdale, start to develop an identity as, as who we are in community, but also kind of like what you want to see in your city. So the old Art Center of the Ozark is being rebranded, and the idea is to kind of have a community come in there and shape what it's going to be whether it wants to be an event center whether it wants to be like the innovation hub in a maker space whether it wants to be a, a concert hall or a, or an educational facility it's up to the community to decide so we've actually done surveys we've been out in the community asking questions and obviously i appreciate all the feedback it's why i tell people you can hit me up for tours of the space so that if you have a quinceanera, if you have a certain type of event coming up, let me know because I'm willing to like negotiate 
what time slots are available so that we can get people in downtown Springville that look like us, that represent us, that sound like us, and diversify them. Because if we really are going to be an inclusive and welcoming community and city as we say we are, I think it's very important to have visibility, but also have viability. And by that, I mean, like, people have to be able to to create something and be it, it be sustainable mm. and grow from it because oftentimes um in my experience you you have talent and then you have the market and here like the market takes the talent and kind of just exploits it into like it can get somebody else mm-hmm. and that to me is kind of like mm, the opposite at cash we're trying to basically take the entertainer take the educator, take the education and put it all together so that people have a place to talk about it and make something more of it. It's, it's difficult during uh, the pandemic. It's difficult because some people might look at Springdale as infants, like an infancy of, of culture, but really there's a lot of depth here, a lot of depth of character, tradition, ideas, people. Um, and I'm talking about a history that's pretty long and at the same time so condensed for some of us in the Latinx community that we're just beginning to explain our identity. Mm. And so I tell people, be patient. Like, you know, as an artist, like some people might pop off three months because somebody's SoundCloud or song just pops off. Some people take three years. Some people take eight. Some people took 10. Like people have to remember like, you know, Jay-Z was 27 and got basically, like, no major label wanted to sign my man. Take, be patient. Put in the work, be patient, show up, show love, and I promise you, everything you want in life going to come for you. I think one of, the, one of the things that I always talk about is uh, be nice to people and, like, do good deeds without expecting right. anything in return uh, and put out positive energy. And that positive energy, like, always comes back and, 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 uh, and positively impacts your life. I see it all the time. There's times where I get blessed so many, so many times, and I'm like, okay, that has to have been the good karma. But then when I do something that's bad, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like, okay, what what did I do wrong? What what did I did I hurt someone that this is causing this bad karma to come back to me? But I think energy is super important. Um, so in regards to the art center of the Orzocs, I know that you're talking about how it can be used for different things within the community. But is there a plan for it to be something else eventually? They have three years. Of community development behind it we're hoping that the community creates something that's sustainable and hopefully that becomes the long run um i think personally that it's our opportunity for people to get involved and really tell the powers that be this is what we want to see this is what we want because at the end of the day like we give so much to this community in terms of labor in terms of like effort that at some point you're gonna get like you said that karma back Mm-hmm. This is your chance, but you gotta ask for what you what you want. Like closed mouths don't get fed, and it's off the idea that you don't ask for what you want or what you need because you're scared of asking. That fear, like for me, has to dissipate. It has to disappear. The fear of like not knowing has to like my my passion for wanting to know has to be greater. My uh, my inquiry and my inquisition, my curiosity has to be that. Now, obviously, without infringing on somebody's personal space, without you know, possibly feeling like some people might take it as aggressive to be in your face. But really, it's like, I don't really know how else to communicate that your park is being sold 
if I can't knock on your door and tell you, hey, they're about to sell this place without notice, mm. without you knowing. So with the, with the work that Cash is doing, I know you talked about surveys, mm. um, but I think that within, within the organization, you, you might be one of the only Spanish speakers, right? Locally, you might be one of the, of the only ones. Um, how do you translate like the work Right. to people that don't speak English and only speak Spanish? Like, is there a way that y'all yeah. are doing that at the moment? Having relationships with people like Eddie, Eddie Vega, having mm-hmm. uh, me, a few other team members have uh, have enough knowledge of Spanish. Max knows Spanish. I know Kelsey knows a little bit of Spanish. Like, working with the translating team to get all of our documents on Spanish, the surveys in Spanish. I mean, obviously, like, I can't... This is something that Papa Rap would talk to me when he was... Um, shout out Papa yeah, Rap. Yeah, shout out to Papa Rap. Gotta get him on the pod yeah. soon. Uh, we're not a monolith. Like, they can't use one of us to voice everybody. Like, they, it's a good thing that they have some of us on their panels, on their teams, and things like that. But it has to be a collective leadership. It has to be people together. Like, I, I want people to know, like, not all of us agree on the way we want to change things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and some people go about it a different way, but we all agree that we want change and we all want to see people do better and be better. Mm-hmm. And that's the overall thing that I see about every, everyone. Now, that's the beauty of life, though. Not everybody's going to agree with you. It's how we collectively not agree and still move forward mm-hmm. and still create something good for the people. Because that's what that's where the love is. It's like we ain't going to have something great without conflict. Like that's love is important, but so is kind of like the action. You know what I'm saying? Love is a word, but it's also an action. And we got to treat it like a verb and, and practice it. Mm. And so, for me, that that's that's the beauty of having that opportunity at Cash. It's like, yeah, I get to practice what I preach. I get to really reach out to people and be like, do you want to do this? Yeah, how can I help you? Um, you need a space? I got a space. Uh, you need professional development? I could reach out to somebody. Because now my name has a little bit of weight behind it in terms of like, Oh, now he's working with the major organization. Now he's got funding. Now this, like, people don't know this, but, like, for years, like, I didn't have money. Mm-hmm. It was, like, literally doing, I was spending the money that I made building the projects that I wanted. The open mics, we were feeding people out of our own pockets, the pizza. Like, while people were spending money on nice shoes, I was spending money to have a room full of people. Now, in some theories, people would be like, that's not smart. But I'm like, you'd be surprised how many people we inspired to do major things in the area how many people went to school dude like, talking about new shoes uh it took me a long time for me to finally buy myself a nice pair of shoes <laughs> and i just bought them last week like i got some new kicks like i'd never buy fine. myself anything no, not yet. and it's like and you you even when you do it you feel guilty right you know how old are you you're 20 i'm 23 23 i'm 29 uh so it took me a long time like i just never really thought to myself you know, I should put I should put money on that. You know, like I there's more important things that we right. need. And of course, I mean, I don't want to talk about it, but there's other things that we do within the community where we put our own money, and the community doesn't see that. Um, but one of the th- one of the other things that's important that worth mentioning, do you do you still battle with people not taking you seriously because of your age? I don't know. I don't think about it. I think about because <laughs> I, I did. No, no, yeah, I don't. I, I'm I'm trying to let things bother me less because mm. a lot of people yeah. be like, oh, you're so young. And I'm just like, well, I mean, I don't know if age to me is very relative to what you what you're able to. 
I don't know to do because I mean it's yeah. not. I'm not. I'm not talking about like your age affecting what you do, right. but I'm talking about the way that people perceive you or assume you like assume who you are or what you do might not be as effective because of your age or the way that you organize because that's something that I dealt with for quite a while you know like it's I'm 29 now but I'm still within that right you're kind of young to be doing this or you're doing this you're how old you know right and and maybe when I was younger I was like 17 and I was doing this and people thought like whoa but then like to have success in it and mm-hmm. to like have people like you to have people like Mari to have people like uh, Magdalena to have people like uh, just all these amazing people around me that that put peep me on game or like put me on to different things or different thoughts like none of this is alone like I want people yeah. to get this straight my success is not is not because solely my effort like part of it yes but a part of it is the beautiful people of my city And I think we have a responsibility, you know, as folks, because look, whenever I started doing this work, the first five, six years, I wasn't the person being like asked to be on a panel or asked to do the interviews and stuff. And unfortunately, there was leadership within organizations that either didn't want me to do it or didn't want to give the opportunity to anybody else but themselves. So we do have a responsibility that whenever we do get invited to these panels or to do a TV interview, that we do our, our, we try our best to spread those opportunities to other people, you know, because it's so easy to take the opportunity and be like, okay, here's a little, here's a little rub on my ego, you know, I'm still yeah. important, I still yeah. matter, people want, to, people want to hear me talk, but we can't think like that, we have to think to ourselves, you know, who else is out there, like who else just needs an opportunity, who else is, I mean, someone that's ready or, or is comfortable doing it, but but maybe just need someone to just give them an opportunity because the opportunities are not coming their way because we're the ones that are connected, you know? Absolutely. Well, and and it's also not just on us, but on the people who are connecting things. Like, let's say they already know us from our work, right? So why would they go look for somebody who hasn't done the work that we're at to put them on because what they want is quick? Yeah. That's that's the difference. Like, Well, yeah, that's, that's a stressful yeah. thing to nav- that yeah. I navigate with, like, reporters all the time. Yeah. You know, they want, like, that quick, oh, you, we already know you. We know you talk about it on Twitter. <laughs> right, right, right. But I'm like, no, but, like, this girl over here, she's good at it. She knows the issues. She's a good talker. Can you please text her and let her do the interview? Right. Put, and, and that's what we say. It's not because uh, when I was, uh, there was a 40 for 40, like, 40 businesses under 40 in Little Rock. And when I was inside of it, it's not that I was on there. Somebody, I was allowed to shadow with Margarita. Now, somebody was telling me, what do you think we should do with the power? And I literally said, "What? The only thing you got to do with power is share it. If you want to figure out what what changes can be made in life, if you got all this power, and I'm talking about you're one of the one percent, what do you lose from sharing your power? Mm-hmm. Like, what can everybody else gain from a little bit of of love you give to somebody else? Yeah. That's the idea. The idea is that if I have, why can't I give?" Mm-hmm. Because the idea, if I'm trying to take more than I really need, that that's that greed that oftentimes I think our planet is suffering from. And I, yeah. and people the, within our community still, you know, yeah. that there's still gatekeepers that don't want other people in leadership, do not want folks to have opportunities, and that's just that's just very shameful because there is enough opportunities to spread around, and you should be like 
as a, as a leader, you should be empowering people instead of suppressing them. And and at times, you know, folks feel very disappointed with the attention or respect or credit that they get for their work. And I think we as as folks that are that are visible really need to, to you know to tell people, hey, you did an you did an amazing job at that at that event you did. You know, oh, you put out an album. That's like that was a really good album. Like, be sincere about it. You know, right. but give people the credit that they deserve so that they can feel empowered and hopefully empower other people. 100%. 100% that and 100%, I promise you, half the time we overthinking in our own heads what other people think. And it's okay. Like, that's part of life. But sometimes what we got to do is, like, believe in ourselves first. Be, make sure that you believe in in a higher power, maybe God, maybe uh, just something to give give you that energy and that faith, but never lose faith in yourself. The moment you start to lose faith in yourself, I feel like your image gets distorted and people start to project identities onto you that might or might not exist. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the problem with kind of like the ego. Well, what I'm trying to feed is the people. And I can't have an ego by feeding the people because even though it's like selfish, it's unselfish. And sometimes it's it's hard. Like we, we live this balance of saying like, I'm gonna work six weeks out of the out of the out of the seven days to work on my community, to work on my career, but on the seventh day, I'm going to take it off because I, I, I just, I got to deal, like, I got to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, someone told me before, and and I and I, I kept it, like, in my heart, in my head, it's you can't take of other, you can't take care of other people unless you take care of yourself. And I know that sounds very cliche, but it's real. Why? You have to, you know, I like I told you before we started recording this podcast, or, or maybe it was after, um, that we uh, that I took today off. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, I have to take today off. I have to just focus on myself and focus on on my my wife and just uh, not worry about other stuff, other outside of the home. Um, but you have to force yourself to take those days so that you can take care of your mental health, so that you can rest. Uh, in order for you to be more effective when you go back into the community and, and do the work that you do, absolutely. And um, one of the things that I that I one of the other things that I did want to talk about, I did see that I think it was Friday that you were out in your neighborhood uh, passing out flyers. Can you talk a little bit more about that situation? I know that we talked about it through text yeah. uh, about what was happening, what happened during I think it was during the the winter storm, yes. right? That yes. happened. Can you tell us what happened? So since the winter storm. Um, I was staying with my mom, even though I live in the trailer park. But because it was freezing, I just didn't have a I didn't have heat in in the trailer because it shut off. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just go stay with my mom. But a lot of people might not have that luxury. And so, when I came back into the park about five days in, the snow had just melted. My pipes were frozen, so my my water was off. My toilet, like a bunch of things were broken inside the house that that had water. It had just cracked. Well, I was like, I was like, okay, I'll figure that out. Well, I was dumping trash because I, they usually pick up our trash. And the lady that part, that's kind of like assistant park manager, Miss Christie, came up to me and told me I couldn't do that. I'd have to go dump it out myself. So I had already dumped everything out the truck and I put it back mm. in to go dump it. Well, that was good because I met this, Miss Christie ended up telling me a bunch of things that were going on with the park that I wasn't previously understanding. One of them was that the park was about to be sold to a to an investment group. Mm. The second part of that was that the gas line broke 
and that the park was trying to replace it but because it's private property the public has no say like the city can't really do much about it mm. and so uh but it's but it's also a public emergency because at the end of the day there's 70 residents like 70 Households. homes without yeah. without gas and some of them are completely gas based and don't have water because of the freeze now these are probably like poultry workers construction mm -hmm. workers service people essential people and just because they don't have the ability to 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 network outside because usually they're working they really don't even have their they're so we're so insulated inside of the uh the trailer park that for years we haven't really had community we used to have a lot more activity when we were younger because the kids used the to kids. play at the park but it's like people grew up they got jobs now and it's just fast paced you go to work come right. back rest not really go outside much anymore especially during the pandemic right absolutely but little by little i just started to like pick up people i used to play soccer with they were like what do we do how do we do this and i was like you know what i'm gonna try to gather everybody up so when that happened, I was asking for donations. I was able to feed, I was able to get every 140 homes food mm -hmm. for probably like two or three days. I was able to go to the Venmart, the corner store there and donate another three, $400 so that people could eat from there mm -hmm. for a little bit. We, uh, I paid two people's rent because their parents had gotten sick. So like we were taking care of people that were in emergency needs like that. But behind my back, what I didn't know was that the park was being sold at such a like was being sold sold mm. like i was trying to get people together so that people could talk about possibly putting a counter offer of saying how do we how do we come up with the funds how do we create you know some type of unity and in that i, I every bag because i had done this before every bag had a at a note to meet up well my landlord got a hold of that note and called the meeting off and made sure that nobody met because he was in closing procedures of that of, of the mm. deal and so landlords have so much power in this state absolutely absolutely so because of that miss because of that mix people didn't meet for three weeks mm. so three weeks passed by very few no they they had to replace the gas line they couldn't get in contact with black hills energy like all these things are happening these people are still without gas and so miss christie and i start thinking well what can what what can we do so I take left. So Miss Christie's an ally in this yes, situation. Miss Christie's an ally. Okay. And uh, I have about five hundred dollars, and I'm like, well, what, what can we do? She's like, let's do a community garden. So we have about sixty by thirty feet of land that we just started to like till up, started spreading the wood chips. Like we got about twelve raised beds ready, and we built those in the last two weeks. Within within the trailer park. Within the trailer park, mm -hmm. because this is the old park where we all used to gather at. Well, now um, we have that, that community garden going as she plans to take care of it and hopefully inspire the children in the community to take care of the garden so hopefully it gives them something back. Mm -hmm. Because what's going to happen is these new landlords are going to come in and start raising the rent. Mm -hmm. But here's here, the, the part of, of this that makes me very, very mad is that Washington County is sitting on $70 million mm -hmm. worth of rental assistance. Yep. And are saying they're saving it for a rainy day. I don't know what. It's what, raining outside right, right now. I, I don't know what what type of rain they're looking at. Yeah. Like, because it's a flood, mm -hmm. and these people don't have dams. Yeah. And so, I can't have my people breathing underwater. Like, while while the west side of Springdale is taken care of, 
while the rich people in Bentonville are able to have home assistance and people aren't over here. Mm. And I'm not saying that there's people over there that don't need it in Benton County. I'm saying, how did Benton County get, get it moved so yeah. quickly? Because there's people willing to sacrifice interest on certain things. Mm-hmm. Why is Washington County waiting on this? Who, who had, like, that's, that's what bothers me a lot. What bothers mm-hmm. me is that I have, a fa- I have families that are going to be displaced. Mm-hmm. I have families without food. I have people in my neighborhood like that. So that's why I don't stop. Like, on Friday was my second attempt at getting everybody together. And that's why, like, I just went down and knocked on every door. A couple, six kids are outside playing. They're asking me what Were I'm they doing. from the neighborhood, too? They're from the neighborhood, the younger kids. Kids that, like, when I was their age, I was out playing in the streets. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I explained to them what's going on. They helped me do the rest of the part. Now, granted, I told them, I'm going to buy every single one of you a bag of hot Cheetos and a drink. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they they deserve that. Because mm-hmm. they're working. Yeah. And on top of that... They I shouldn't gotta, have to. Right. You know? I got to teach them that that's how it is, though. Mm-hmm. Like, if we work together, we will all eat together. If we come together, we can do anything. And, and that, that ultimately, on Saturday, people met up. And about 40 people showed up. Now that isn't everybody, but it's on a Saturday in a busy neighborhood where people work. Was it was it a physical meetup or was it a physical Zoom? meetup? Mm. Because people don't know how to use Zoom. Yeah, I get you. I was gonna I was gonna tell you that. Yeah, and, that, and that's fine. But the thing that I sh- when I got there, what I recognized was that like the women have the power. The women are the future. The women do hold the power to key to the family. Like they are They're the, the organizers. Right. They understand leadership. I didn't have to speak at the meeting. I just had to get people together. Mm-hmm. Once, once Miss Christie came out and said what she had to say, she found herself the counterpart. Miss, uh, she, <laughs> this lady translated everything. Miss Christie, like just the women came together and told everybody else, "This is what we're gonna do." I didn't have to do nothing. All I had to do was get people together, mm-hmm. and that's what I tell people. I'm not that special. All I do is get people together. Now that's special in its own sense, but I'm not like I'm not the mastermind of anything. I'm just the people enabling it so that people. People can, can see each other. You're the connector. Yeah. Now, obviously, there's some ideas in there for me, but f- but for the most part, I just want to see my people eat. And whatever I can do, I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to till the ground. I'm going to carry those bags of water. I'm going to make sure that, like, your event's going to go smoothly so that you can be happy. Because mm-hmm. that makes me happy. Obviously, I got my own things. I got a music video coming out. I got, again... People plug take, in, plug in. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got to, I got oh, to. Smooth, smooth plug yeah, there, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to out of city limits. Came out of nowhere, but yeah. hey, hey we'll, we'll play, we'll play this song here yeah. once it's out. Yeah. And so, where where are you at right now with that? Then, uh, where like what's what's going on? Oh, the situation, well. like, do do they have the power we, back on? The, for is it was it gas or was it gas? Gas. So some people's power is by gas. So okay. we're looking at everybody kind of. Uh, Little by little, six trailers every day are getting their life back. But that's going to take a little bit of time. To this day, there's some people who, do, who don't have, like, clean access to all their food. Like, we're working on it. Mm-hmm. We got the garden going. Everybody that was there agreed to meet every week for the next foreseeable future mm-hmm. on a Sunday morning to basically do a community meetup, to have breakfast with the community, and to really hear each other out on what we need to get done. Because, again, this is what's fundamental to community. And so we can do things in our own neighborhood. How do we expect to win at council? How do mm-hmm. we expect people to recognize our power if we can't recognize our own power? Mm-hmm. 
And, and that's what I'm trying. If you have congregation at all with other human beings, understand that your collective is power, that your voice together is power. That when you move as a unit, things will change. When you stand together, it is more of a wall than it is like it moving around. And and that's the tough part of being in a pandemic. Is sometimes people want to like, like we got to separate and we got to be socially distanced. But there's also got to be a way where we adapt and resist. Mm. There's got to be an adaptation to this resistance. Mm -hmm. Because I can't have the powers that be govern me because they actively have shown me they do not care for my better interest. Gotcha. If $800,000 went to a police shooting range because 600 of, 608 of those $1,000 were federal tax COVID relief and the other 200 whatever part was being paid by the taxes of Springdale because our city council decided to vote that into mm -hmm. existence, somebody tell me how we aren't all in city council right now demanding that everybody step down. Yeah. That every one of those people step down. Yeah. That the mayor stepped down because at the end of the day, what they are doing is, is, is basically saying we care more about police than we care about the people. Mm. How many people died on the poultry line mm -hmm. because of infection? Yeah. Be, tell me those $600,000 couldn't have gone to pay funeral costs for every one of those families. Or did, rent. You, did you see that video that the city of Springdale put out? I have. They put out a video, I think, about two weeks ago. Um, pretty much just patting themselves on the back by how they handled the, the pandemic here in Springdale. They didn't mention any poultry factories. They didn't mention any poultry workers, but they talked about how they were the first to act, you know, the first to uh, hand out masks, hand out thousands of masks here mm -hmm. whenever the pandemic began and whenever the mask mandate began. And to be honest, it made me sick. Yeah. Looking at that video made me sick because I know people personally that died you know related to the coronavirus well had coronavirus and related to them working or, or a family member working in the poultry industry so i'm not really surprised that they would do the whole uh gun range thing uh because they're very connected the mayors are connected with the with the city council people like i, I bet you they probably even have a text group where they talk about this kind of stuff right and until we step up until we show up to these meetings and until we elect our own things are going to remain the same unfortunately right and my point is what what is needed at the end of the day it ain't information because i feel a lot of the youth understands what's going on but if they ain't voting we ain't changing yeah. well if they don't like my point is what is civic duty at the end of the day if it ain't to protest and to really come up to the powers that be and be like we won't change because mm -hmm. collectively that's why i say like this sounds weird but at the end of the day it's true the vote is based on popula population and popularity. Who gets the most, right? But if 20,000 people showed up to your front door to tell you this is what I want, is that not the same de democratic mm -hmm. action? Yeah. And when we do that, what ends up happening? Like, things do change, but it takes sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And that's ultimately what the, what the powers that be will always let you know. It's like, you can have what you want, but are you willing to sacrifice what you have? And sometimes people are, are, that's the tough part. That's the decision we got to look at ourselves and really do. Do I have this to offer up? Can I offer up my people? Mm -hmm. Because that's really what, what, what we're saying is like, I can go up to the police station and tell them I don't want it. But one person is going to get thrown out or thrown in jail. 20,000 people show up. That's a, that, they look at that as, as like an aggression. Even though we have the right to assembly, yeah. it's looked at as aggressive. Well, there's even there's even laws that are trying to be passed in the the state of Arkansas where folks are trying to 
to stop people people from you know coming together and, and right. having those kind of actions or even legalize like running over someone whenever they're on their way something as horrible as that you know like in other states um like stand your ground laws mm -hmm. you know stuff like that too and it's always the same kind of people you know and, and that's my point is like okay where do I go? Megan, do I talk to you about passing bills for my security? Mm -hmm. Megan, do I talk to you to make sure that the Marshallese community is getting taken care of? Mm -hmm. Who do I talk to? Because you're the only representative that, that says stands for the people, yeah. or stands with us. Because mm -hmm. all the other ones have shown through their actions that they, they generally just want to keep the power dynamic as it is. Yeah. Even though Spring Dose is somewhere like 45 to 50% mixed mm -hmm. brown Asian the next Marshallese just yes like tell me why is there not one person of color on our city council mm -hmm. why 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 is there only one person on the school board yeah how many principles do we have that reflect that but yeah. like, like we gotta keep what bothers me about Springdale is I can see everybody taking advantage of of our diversity, of our culture. And, and I mean that collectively, like putting us out there and saying, look at the great things that we have. Look at the tacos, look at the music, look at the, like all Even something as the census, you know, they use us for right. the census so that they can get money, but it's like, what do they do to give back to us, to give back to our communities? Right, and, and that's where we gotta demand that that money go to things that we care about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. I think we definitely need to put a bigger uh, focus on elections than we do you know we well I do want to say that we need to get more people involved right because some of us have been doing that for years trying our yeah. best but a handful of people in a city that's getting close to 80,000 is not enough there has to be more than a hundred people doing this kind of work for yeah. us to create the change that we want to see right um, so I think we definitely have a lot of work to do but I feel like people like you and other people in our community continuing to talk about these kind of things and continuing to empower people, even if, even if it's something as, as simple as you buying hot Cheetos and a drink for, for these kids, you know, they're going to see this, they're going to see that you're organizing and organizing is not going to be something that's foreign to them in the future when they're your age, you know, when they realize that maybe they have to step up and do the same thing uh, that you did to them to the to the future generation um so where can people if people want to help you out with any of these projects that you talked about today sam where can people reach you if you want to reach me i think uh the best place to reach me will be my instagram which mm. is tapatio period Theo sam uh, because at the moment you could reach me in my business email as well which is sam at nwacouncil.org um, I would give y'all my personal phone number, but I don't really, yeah, don't I don't want to, I don't want to be doing all those calls. <laughs> you don't want to do that live on the radio. Yeah, nah, uh, <laughs> a bunch of prank calls. Yep. But, uh, just please, anything helps. And at the same time, just like your do you also have a, do you also have a Venmo where people can donate if they want to give any money to, uh, what you're doing at the, at the trailer park? Yeah. And I'll give you and I'll give you time to pull it up because as you look at your phone, um, so make sure you, if you can, uh, give a donation to to Sam so that he can continue to empower people 
um, within his neighborhood, you know, folks that still need resources, whether it being food um, or other or other kind of things. So we all have different expenses, right? We shouldn't say, oh, let's just help this person out with food. They might need some shoes for work. They might need gas. They might need gas. So little things like that that go a long way. So what is your Venmo, Sam? Uh, it's at Samuel-Lopez-71. Y'all heard that. So if you can, please make a donation. Um, and that's it for episode 88 of the District 3 Podcast. Thank you for joining us, Sam. Oh, no. Thank you for having me. And we'll be back next week. Um, and uh, for the meantime, make sure that if you are listening to this podcast that you go like us uh subscribe on uh spotify and on other platforms like our facebook page under the district three podcast we'll be interviewing more people within the community that are making a positive difference or just interesting people so we definitely hear recommendations of folks of uh of people who you want us to have on the show so continue to do that and we'll catch you all next week